Why do you eat people? Not people. Brains. Shh. It's the film flamers. Hi, I'm Chris. Hey guys, I'm Robert. And we're the Film Flamers. And it's time for another Top 10. This month, we'll be going over our Top 10 Zombie Movies. That's right, we like a theme, and in our full episode this month, we covered Night of the Living Dead, so we thought, you know, this is a perfect time to go through all the zombie movies we love and just rank them. Before we set out to do this list, I felt like it was important to create some rules around what a zombie is and what we can consider to be zombies. And we both agreed that it kind of had to be tied to the modern idea of what a zombie is. And so I came up with this sentence. Ahem. <clears throat> Zombies are generally mindless, relentlessly aggressive humans that are either reanimated corpses, infected, or both, and driven by sudden infection or supernatural force. So no, they can't include things like vampires, you know, or things like that. So that's our rules going forward. There's a couple on here that might blur that line, I right. think, especially on your list. Yes. Because I didn't email this sentence to you, but <clears throat> I did mention it on the phone, and you're supposed to remember everything I say. Well, it will not be ignored, Robert. <laughs> no. We're never going to let that one die. No, that one's going to be there forever. Uh, and, you know, George Romero really created the modern zombie film, as you heard us talk about in Night of the Living Dead. And this rule really sticks to that. So, I mean, what he created was a reanimated corpse, someone that, you know, has recently died and come back from the dead, uh, who usually wants to kill or eat another human. Yeah. Right? And uh, yeah, the original, of course, we talk about this a little bit in Night of the Living Dead episode, but these aren't like the Haitian zombies, right? Um, that are just reanimated or kind of carrying out the will a la white zombie, you know, mm -hmm. of Bella Lugosi somewhere. Uh, this is, um, you know, these zombies are not really following any kind of directive from like a single will, right? This is either some sort of contagion, viral contagion, or it's, you know, basically just something that's happening, like George Romero. So essentially something that has died and come back to life. At, at the same time as consumes like human flesh, right? Is can right. cannibalized. So I think it was George Romero that really kind of popularized the cannibalizing undead fiend or uh, I guess as he put it, ghoul. Ghoul, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, with all that being said, let's get started with our top 10 zombie films. <laughs> Chris, why don't you go first? As per tradition, why don't you? Oh, is it always me? Yeah. Okay, well, that's always fine. I have you. no problem with that. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. <laughs> it's all about me. My number 10 zombie movie is Zombie from 1979, directed by Lucio Fulci. Um, this movie is, it goes by many names. Sometimes it's called Zombie 2, right? Because it was, uh, supposed to be a direct sequel to Dawn of the Dead. Dawn of the Dead was a huge hit in Italy, and he really wanted to continue that sort of, like, theme of very, you know, violent, bloody, Yeah, every time I've seen this, shallow. it's come up as Zombie 2. Yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah. often called Zombie 2. I think when it was first released in America, it was just called Zombie. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, so originally conceived as a sequel to Dawn of the Dead. Um, it's an Italian horror movie, and it sort of amps up, some, amps up some of the gore and shocking moments that we saw in some previous zombie films like Dawn of the Dead. Um, and there's some crazy moments in this movie, namely like a fight between a zombie and a shark, right? And um, yeah, there's a scene where a zombie sort of grabs a woman's head and impales her eyeball on a, on a nail in a door, right? Oh. It's crazy gory and crazy gross, and I, I love it. Um, it doesn't really offer anything new as far as zombie flicks go, except for like this crazy shit. You know, I mean, if you want to see a zombie fight a shark, it's the only place to go find it. Wow. But, uh, um, it's really, it's definitely fun. I feel like Sharknado series is going to get there eventually. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, if they have sharks and tornadoes, there's going to be some sort of zombie terror read, you know, stabbing a shark. Um, I mean, it, this is a really fun movie to watch, especially if you're a fan of Italian horror movies. Um, I mean, it, it's it's really highly regarded as far as the fans go. So I, and I like it a lot, just not enough to put it really, really high on my list. Yeah, my number ten is Zombieland from two thousand nine. Now, I saw this. Of course, the trailers were hilarious. The movie itself was hilarious. You've got pianos falling on zombies. I mean. <laughs> 
There's like inventive kills for zombies. I mean, it's just really a lot of fun, you know, and you, you kind of expect that with like the cast that they had with like Woody Harrelson and everyone else. Definitely. Oh yeah. And it's just, it's just a lot of fun and it's, it's not like the best or certainly not the most like social commentary of, of any of these. Um, but it was just really well made, very high quality, very funny, great movie overall, I think. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the comedic acting in this movie is fantastic. So I I love Emma Stone. I will watch her in just about anything she does. And I think this is one of the first movies that she really got onto my radar with. So, I mean, I, I enjoy this movie quite a bit. Yeah, and if, if there's a few of these on here where <laughs> if you're not necessarily like the biggest horror fan or you can't stand, you know, like the macabre or something that's too dark, Zombieland is one of those accessible uh, films that you can watch and kind of enjoy it with the rest of us. That's right. I mean, my husband is not a huge horror fan. He does like zombie movies and zombie TV shows, and he can totally sit down and watch Zombieland for sure. Yeah. What's your number nine? My number nine zombie movie is Pet Cemetery from 1989, directed by Mary Lambert. I wasn't quite sure I should put this on the list. I really wanted to. I wasn't quite sure you should either. I was going to ask you about this because it it feels like this is more of a going down this, the lines of possession, but it's never, it's kind of ambiguous, at least in the film. It's ambiguous. Now, I have not read the, the, the book. Yeah, and that's where it gets tricky. So I'm just going to talk about the movie and not the book, because if, if we do that, then I've, I've broken the rule. Oh, you know? okay. But, you know, I had to ask myself, is this a zombie movie, right? And since there are, you know, animals and children, you know, coming literally from the grave. Yeah. You know, with an intent to hurt people. Well, you have to bury them there. Right. This, uh, yeah. So, I mean, these people yeah. are dead and they're coming back to life, right? So I thought, yes, of course, this is a zombie movie. Of course, the zombies in this movie aren't quite the scariest things, right? I mean, Pet Cemetery is a frightening, frightening film. Uh, we have, like, the terminally ill sister Zelda, which is, to me, was the scariest part me too. when I was a kid, yeah. right? You have the, the grossly injured Pascal, who's always there. And he's kind of a zombie, although he's more of a ghost. But he I mean, he looks like a zombie. Um, but really, the idea of that things are better off dead or left alone, right? I had to put it on the list for that. If we had a chance to create a zombie, to bring someone back you know, to life just by burying them in this certain area... You know, is, is it the right thing to do, right? Um, I think it's a powerful movie that deals with death and, and the grieving process. Um, and it's, to me, one of the scariest evil children in all of cinema. So, I Oh, mean. sure, yeah. But just that child coming back to life, not quite looking like a zombie, but he clearly has the bloodlust that, you know, other zombies do. And he's dead. I mean, what do you think? Should I have not included this on the list? Do you, do you think it's not a zombie movie? Well, I thought it, it alluded that once you rise from the pet cemetery, that you're essentially possessed with some sort of demonic entity. And to me, that's why I didn't include things like Evil Dead. Mm-hmm. If they were included, those would have been near the top of my list. But those are absent on my list because I do not consider them zombies. I don't think anything that's simply cannibalizing or happens to be cannibalizing or happens to be undead, because in Evil Dead you can be possessed whether you're dead or not. It animates regardless. Now, if we're going based on the novel, the novel really goes into depth as to why these things come back to life, right? And yeah. the movie doesn't. It sort of skips over that a little bit. Yeah, it leaves it ambiguous, which I kind of like. Right. Uh, what does it say in the novel? Uh, like, it has something to do with the Wendigo. You know, like, there's an evil spirit that sort of tainted that ground, and that's why the, the Native Americans who lived there have, you know, they left to begin with, right? Okay. So it's just an evil ground that will, you know, reanimate a corpse, right? Okay, so. but what explains their motivations, though? I, I would to assume kill. the spirit yeah. within them, right? So, I mean, it is, it's on that line, I think. I think it just depends on which text do you want to go with. If you're going with the novel or you're going with the movie. Because the movie sort of skirts all that and just says yeah. it's you know, a bad place and this is what happens when you do it. And I felt like the cat would have been a little bit more, I don't know, you know, violent or something. Or, well, I mean, you it was know, mean. It was mean, but it wasn't like trying to like kill everything it saw. And in the flashbacks in this movie, so you have like that guy's dog that came back to life that acted sort of rabid. And then you had, you know, that, that person who buried their son there, you know, and this is all, you know, uh, the neighbor telling these stories to the father. And I mean, it's just a, a clear progression of what I would consider a zombie, you know, 
something that's dead, buried, and coming back to life. Yeah. Well, I think it's safe uh, with the movie to have it on here. So I think it's borderline gray area, but yeah. yeah, I think you're good. At least in Evil Dead, they had to like read from a tome to get these things to happen, right? I yeah. mean, in this one, it really is just the act of burial. Yeah. My number nine is Resident Evil from 2002. Ooh, good choice. So I originally had uh, the reanimator here. Uh, mm-hmm. Which is like weirdly the second or third highest rated like zombie movie ever on like Rotten Tomatoes, but it didn't resonate with me um, like Return of the Living Dead did. You know, like with that kind of that eighties uh, tongue in cheek horror comedy right. type of vibe. I think between the two, my favorite is Return of the Living Dead. Uh, but I decided to to put this in there instead because it's just the effect it had on me. Reanimator didn't have the effect that uh, Resident Evil had on me, so that's why I kind of swapped them out. But Resident Evil kind of came out of nowhere for me. When I saw it, I was just kind of, I think, entering college around this time. And I remember really anticipating going to see it in the the theater. And I really liked this director. Uh, I believe he had done earlier when I was a kid, like Mortal Kombat. And I think later on he did uh, Event Horizon. I was going to say, did you do Event Horizon? Which I loved uh, and still kind of love in a special way to this day. Uh, But Resident Evil, I mean, it had everything for me. It was like something I hadn't really seen before as much, which was like a a high tech kind of corporate environment, underground, like secret. And then you had like this martial arts action type stuff going on. But you also kind of had that aliens-ish thing with like a militia. And you had all these awesome special effects and a great soundtrack by Marilyn Manson. You had the strong female character as a lead played by Mila Jovovich. And I really still kind of dig this movie. And there's some really cool scenes in there. I remember one of the creepiest scenes in there was when you first kind of hear the undead or just kind of see what's ha- or kind of understand what's happening. You hear them over like the AC system coming through the vents. Mm-hmm. And it's just like this low moaning all the time when they're kind of realizing what's happening but I think my favorite of this whole thing was kind of the intro before you meet any of the main characters and you see like the elevator shaft drop and people are dying you see how like the virus gets you know expelled and everything and uh and the mystery of how that was happening you know how that happened didn't really get revealed until the end and I thought it was really well put together um and it's got a really really low rating on Rotten Tomatoes oh what is it 34% that's ridiculous which is crazy uh apparently critics hated the hell out of it this was back when uh, video game movies were just kind of starting to be made and this director had already kind of done one and so they, no one was taking them as seriously as they do today, and they still don't really take them seriously. But there's been quite a few good ones and quite a few horrible, horrible ones. Well, I mean, no matter how you take it seriously, I mean, as far as video game movies go, Resident Evil has had so many sequels. That's true. So it did very well. And the yeah. cinema score, it was actually a B. <clears throat> So, I mean, at worst, it's a B movie. Right? I mean, Resident Evil is really, really cool. And I I haven't seen the original in quite some time. I kept up with it. I watched the sequels. I mean, I really, I really like it. And it's no secret to our listeners that I like zombies anyway, right? So, I mean, I'm going to watch whatever I can. But it was a really stylish movie and a really fun watch well yeah those dogs those zombie dogs are amazing well it kind of transcends into like a high-tech sci-fi area too because like you end up getting like uh superpowers and like mutated weird you know demonic zombie things like you get all kinds of stuff out of this and so it's very special and individualistic i think in the genre and there's nothing quite else like it no um obviously that's a lot of that is owed to the original game um but i think that he kicked off something special so that's why it's on my list. Yep, and I kind of want to play the new uh, the new version of the game. It's a remake of Resident Evil Two. Mm-hmm. I didn't know you could remake games, but apparently, it's oh, happening. it's like an HD remaster or whatever, and it's supposed to be like the best thing ever. So yeah, I'm totally yeah. down with it. I'll, I'll do that. I'm not quite a gamer, and I'll probably suck at it. It'll take me a year to beat, but I'm gonna do it. Yeah. What's your number eight? My number eight is It Stains the Sand Red from 2016, directed by Colin Minahan. Never seen it. <laughs> it's so good. I really want to see it. Yeah. I watched this movie a couple years ago and I was just floored. And I have to say that, I mean, over the years, Colin Minahan is like 
quickly becoming one of my new favorite horror directors. Because I think, I mean, Grave Encounters, have you seen that? No. It's grossly underrated. It's so good. And just last year, he directed my favorite horror film of 2018, and that was What Keeps You Alive. Oh. It's just that every time he makes a movie, I just love it so much. And what I like most about It Stains the Sand Red is that it really shows you something in the, the zombie genre that we haven't seen before. We have one person one zombie in a huge expanse of a desert. Oh, so it's like alien in a way. Right. So, I mean, like, it's just one person being, you know, chased by a zombie. And people start to, I think people underestimate zombies as a villain. And they think, oh, I can get away or I'll live. They're slow or whatever. But this movie really shows you that you can't. This thing is a mindless entity that's going to hunt you down no matter what. It doesn't yeah. need food. It doesn't need to live. And... Um, it shows you what you might do in a situation like that. I think the it human never drama. sleeps. Yeah. <laughs> it, it doesn't. They mostly come at night no sleep. or, or day. Mm. This movie also shows you like how you would react in a situation like the zombie apocalypse. The whole movie focuses on an exotic dancer trying to flee Las Vegas during the start of the zombie apocalypse. And she encounters one zombie who is relentlessly hunting her and She's trying to deal with the fact that the, the thing that's hunting her used to be a human being. And, I mean, for normal people, it's kind of hard to kill something like that, right? So it's not just a horror movie. There's lots of human drama going on. And there's some really great performances, not only from the lady, the, the female lead who plays the exotic dancer, but also the zombie. It is the best zombie performance in the history of zombie films. Oh, wow. Yeah. We might have to give a brightest flame. It is just fantastic. Yeah. So if you haven't seen it, go watch it. It's streaming on Shudder. I cannot recommend it enough. So I, that kind of missed my radar because I was looking for basically to kind of round out my like a top 20 so I could just like start watching things that I hadn't seen. Yeah. I basically consolidated all of these like zombie films that had 90% or like 85% and above on Rotten Tomatoes. And there was plenty. And so that's what I started watching from that list. And so this is like, even because it's like in the seventies, I think it's like 76. I don't even know what it's rated on there. Yeah. Like it, it just like passed right under my radar. And so it looks really good. I don't think a lot of people have seen it, but I'm, I mean, the people that I know, some of my horror friends who have seen it, like it quite a bit. So, I mean, I'm not, I'm not completely alone in this, but I want to trust Rotten Tomatoes because it's an aggregate of a lot, you know, and I love aggregates. And unfortunately, like sometimes the mass, the masses just miss it. You know, they, they miss the point. Well, um, and we've I seen also, that happen again and again with horror movies. So maybe I should well, start, horror movies. I should stop using that as a kind of a litmus test for my horror movies. Well, I think by and largely critics pan horror movies. So sometimes, yeah. yeah. The Witch uh, got very high, I think, and It Follows did maybe as well. Well, and I think The Witch is kind of polarizing. I it think was the audience of, scores that were 50%. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of people don't like The Witch. Yeah. You know, well, people so are stupid. In this they, case, critics were better. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. What's your number eight, Chris? My number eight is The Crazies, the remake from 2010. Ooh. Now, this is a George Romero film that that came out in, I think, the, the 70s. Ooh, 70s, yeah. And... Uh, it is kind of zombie adjacent, uh, but it's based basically kind of a virus, right? It's a viral mm-hmm. outbreak. And, and so these people aren't, I, I don't think they're undead. It's been a while since I've seen it, but they're pretty close. It's kind of like a rage virus. Yeah, in they're a definitely way. infected. They're definitely infected and they're definitely aggressive. But I loved, I was so surprised by this film because I knew it was a remake of George Romero, but this is actually rated a lot higher um, than the original for some reason. Um, I have not seen the original, mm-hmm. um, but this film uh, had like has like t- Timothy Oliphant in it, and I forget who else. But um, it just it's like a small town, and the trailer kind of doesn't really tell you that it gets out of that small town, but it starts really in this kind of sleepy town and then it grows larger and larger and larger until like there's nuclear weapons involved (laughs) like it gets big and you don't expect that and um, it kind of blows up but it was very tense and really interesting and you care about the characters and a lot of the things they did were the uh, really interesting really horrific really smart and so this is something that I would um, I would want to see again and I'm surprised I haven't because I've talked about this film a lot over the last uh, 10 years or so 
I saw uh, the remake of The Crazies in the theater, and I haven't seen it since. And I I love George Romero so much, uh, his entire oeuvre, really. Um, but The Crazies is just one that I just don't go back to that often, mm. right? I mean, I, I like it. I do. It's good. And I always suggest going to watch the original as well. But I, I did enjoy the remake. I think Melissa George is in it, too. And so, I mean, yeah. it was, again, like a stylish remake of, of that particular movie. It was, it's typically been referred to as one of the remakes that has worked. You know, one of the remakes that is something to point to and say, hey, this was done right. And I really, I remember liking it. And I can't, I cannot think why I haven't gone back to revisit, but I certainly will now. Yeah. You know. What's your number seven? Uh, my number seven is is a remake. It's the remake of Dawn of the Dead from 2004, directed by Zack Snyder. Mm-hmm. Uh, I said it once and I'll say it again. The best thing to come out of that movie is get down with the sickness. Oh, that like uh, like lounge cover of that get song. Get down with the sickness. <laughs> get up. Come on, get down with the sickness. Yeah. The best thing to come out of that movie really is all of it. Because I don't I, I don't know. I did not want to put this on my list. I just I actively told myself I wasn't gonna do remakes on here. Um just so I wouldn't have to like say the same title over and over again or something. I don't know, but I love this movie so much. In fact, if you go back to our top 10, um, horror movie remakes, which is our first top 10 episode, this was my number two. So I just love it. I really like this film too. I just felt like they didn't really know how to end it. Um, and so it just kind of ends like, boom like it's just all the characters you care about all of a sudden just like they're gone well and well and that's the thing is that this one is so different from the original i mean in the original dawn of the dead i care about the characters a lot more than i do in this one. Oh yeah so um but and sometimes it's just a perfect storm when movies are released and i was you know living in austin in my early 20s and I saw this movie no less than six times in the theater. I just fell in love with it, went back to back to back to watch it. And as soon as it released on DVD, I bought it and watched it all over again. I have seen this movie probably more times than I've seen the original. Dawn it's probably Zack Snyder's best film. Um, he did 300. Right. And he also did Watchmen. And of course, he's done like Batman and V Superman or whatever. So his films have gotten progressively worse. But <laughs> uh, he started <laughs> off with a bang, one. and this is uh, this was good, and it was kind of startling to see not only like these are fast moving zombies, but like really energetic fast moving zombies. Right. Well, and it was that. Uh, I mean, like their little girl, she's a zombie, right? And she does like this backflip, like the mm-hmm. first scene of the movie, basically. I was not a fan of fast zombies at first until I saw this movie, and now I really am. Um, it's so different from the original that there's so much to love and not, you know, you know, feel bad about loving it. But I also like when movies sort of open a new chapter in my, my horror life, right? And this is just one of them. I just, I happen to see it. And then <clears throat> the stream of movies that come out after this, things like Hostel, I think it really built up my my 20s horror movie viewing experience yeah it just started the whole thing mm-hmm. um and as far as zombies go i mean there's a zombie newborn right so it's it gets crazy my number seven is Shaun of the dead from 2004 so obviously the title's a riff off of dawn of the dead but oh gosh i i just have so much love for this and so many other people do this is a, a really well-regarded film both with the audiences and with critics um, and of course, you know, it's got Sean Pegg and, you know, his buddy that Nick Frost. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, it's just, it's just such a good, solid, hilarious movie from start to finish. I love the scene where they're basically trying to attack zombies in the bar and like queen goes on, you know, the jukebox and they're like, just like hitting to the beat. And just, there's so many moments in this film. Um, that are hilarious and just like it's really heartfelt too it's a really just it's a really good movie don't kill me I've never seen Shaun of the Dead you've never seen Shaun of the Dead I've never seen Shaun of the Dead holy crap I know it's just universally loved I know and that's I keep hearing it and it's always like I need to watch this movie and I love zombie movies right I've seen Zombieland but not Shaun of the Dead I don't know what's wrong with me but I need to watch this Twitter, don't come for me. I will watch it and report back. That's I insane. I can't believe you haven't I know. seen Shaun of the Dead. And here I am chastising you for shit. Oh, God. my goodness. Uh, my number six zombie film is 28 Days Later from 2002, directed by Danny Boyle of Trainspotting fame. 
as well as Sunshine, I believe. Yeah, he did direct Sunshine, which I haven't seen yet, mm-hmm. but it's coming up, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, it is. Um, it's like a fast zombie originator, right? This is where fast zombies came from? No. No? Not at all. Where the hell did they come from, then? Decades before. Shit, Return of the Living Dead has running zombies in it. Oh, but not like this. Literally like, running, literally like running, super, super and fast sprinting zombies. after you in Return of the Living Dead. That's true. Like I made a note of it. Like I was like, eh, people like try keep trying to originate. It was like 28 days later, but I think there was a lull, and we didn't really get zombie movies in the 90s and stuff. And we were growing up then. We were watching these older movies, and and there's only a couple scenes in Return of the Living Dead and some of these others where they're running. Most of the time, they're just kind of stumbling around or standing, but you know that's one of the shticks in Return of the Living Dead. They say bring more paramedics, send right. more cops, right. and then they run out and like and. And essentially, like, cover you and, like, eat you alive because they needed brains. But in um, 28 Days Later, they're sprinting. It's the rage virus, right? Well, and they're, like, insanely fast. Yeah. I mean, like, they come out of nowhere. You're in a quiet, deserted London. And then within seconds, these things are, like, belting at you. Yeah, you this, was, this was unique in that they, they very often... That was like their number one signifier for this movie is that zombies were sprinting. They weren't just running. They were moving as fast as like physical legs would take you because, of course, they're not releasing fatigue toxins or anything. Right. They're just like going to sprint after you for as long as their legs will take them. This movie is very, very dark and very depressing. And I, I cry at the drop of a hat. And watching movies. And every time I watch 28 Days Later, I just bawl like a child. And I mean, I, I guess I like that. I'm like a glutton for punishment or something. But yeah. I feel the acting in this movie is is great um, and very believable. Well, I love Cillian Murphy, and yeah, yeah, and he was on another called Red Eye that I really liked. Oh yeah, and Sunshine, honestly. So he's in a, a lot, and he's always believable, and he, his performances are always good. I have a. A friend who just loves him. She thinks he's like the hottest guy ever. And you get to see a lot of him in this film. Right from the beginning. Yeah. (laughs) It's just ass ahoy. Um, Not only is it a good zombie movie, I think that it's a fantastic entry into like um, like a, a revenge flick. Because by the end of this movie, he really is just taking revenge on soldiers. Right? So... It's a zombie movie. It's a revenge movie. It's a dealing with the apocalypse, like cry fest. It's it's a good movie all around. Yeah. If you notice that we pronounced Killian Cillian, it's because we're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and if you notice that he said we, I never once said his name. <laughs> <laughs> Throw me under that bus. Throw you under that Irish bus. My number six is Dead Alive from 1992. This is Peter Jackson before he did Lord of the Rings, before the Frighteners, before the Hobbit series, before King Kong, before this weird island of city moving across a desert movie that just came out and flopped. This was Dead Alive. And and I think it's actually called Brain Dead, in, uh, depending on which country it comes out. But this is the best, like, splatterfest horror comedy zombie movie ever like you cannot get better than this as far as just like the total amount of gore and gross out and hilarity and wacky hijinks is right up there with evil dead or and and sometimes surpasses it especially the final scenes and for those of you who may have known like there's some scenes with like a lawnmower and things like that no there's even like worse and more over the top scenes further even on in that film but I mean it starts with a, a mangled disgusting like hyena monkey or whatever it is and ends with a giant <laughs> a giant monster that wants to eat him but not from a traditional hole so <laughs> <laughs> Okay, again, confession time. I have not seen Dead Alive. However, it is being remedied tonight. Yes, I will be showing him Dead Alive. And uh, I might possibly be showing him Shaun of the Dead soon, too. We'll see. We'll see what's on the docket. Now, when I was younger and this movie came out in the 90s, right? Yeah? Mm Mm-hmm. 
I remember this video cover very much going to the video store and I've had it in my hands many times and I don't know why I never watched it. Some of these movies, you know, you just hear from everybody, you know, about how good it is. And for some reason you just don't do it. Yeah. I just watched it. Like I wanted to see films, horror films that I'd never seen. Instead of just rewatching the whole, you know, the same ones over and over, like on a Halloween, right? Because on a Halloween, you kind of want your comfort food, right? So one Halloween, me and Diane, friend of the podcast, decided to try out some new films. And so I forget what, I think we watched Wreck or something. And then we also watched Dead Alive. And Dead Alive blew us away. And we were just chortling into our popcorn while we were tempted to gag. It was wonderful. I am so excited. I have to, but... So finally, after all these years. Mm-hmm. So I think both of our number fives are the same. Uh, mine is Train to Busan. Mine too. Oh, okay. Well, uh, Train to Busan uh, from 2016, directed by Sang Ho Yen. And this is a South Korean film. I just saw this movie for the first time last year. I just saw it for the first time this week. Oh, I was completely <laughs> floored. It was by one it. of the ones I, I was kind of disgusted that I hadn't seen. Of course, it did only come out in 2016, and it is a foreign language film. So let's give ourselves a little bit of a buffer as you know, slow dumb Americans. But uh, no, I was I was I wouldn't say I was blown away by the film, but it was definitely very very good. I felt like it kept hitting me over the fucking head with the social commentary. Yeah, uh, like like a blunt fucking object of social commentary over and over and over again like almost like like it was treating me like a child you know and i could see this being more for teenagers especially with some of the cast and the character choices but overall it's a very solid tense fast moving highly entertaining moving film that's right so i've watched it two times in as many months and i just love this movie i i like to cry in movies and this one makes me cry there's so much melodrama going on in this it's almost like a zombie soap opera and i love it i live for it yeah and most of it takes place on the train and so it's it's a lot of people said it was like snowpiercer with zombies and of course you haven't seen snowpiercer either so I guess this is my episode to say haven't seen it. Haven't no. seen it. Haven't yeah. seen it. <laughs> yeah, but I think that's not fair. Snowpiercer is its own category. It's Train of Busan is its own category. Yeah. And I think they both deserve their their time in the spotlight. And I think you should see both. And I want to. I will I will watch that. Of course Snowpiercer is not a zombie film, but No, but I mean so Train to Busan is great. There's more fast zombies in this. I like this a lot because these zombies are like a horde, a, like a straight on horde of zombies. And everything that happens on that train is, I mean, it's just so much tension from yeah. start to finish in this movie. And it's great. Do you I, watch it uh, subbed or dubbed? I watched it subbed. I don't, I don't watch dubbed movies. Yeah, me either. Possibly can. I, it really bothers me. Yeah. Um, I have heard some talk of there being an American remake. Yes, it's in the works. Please, God, don't let that happen. I don't want that to happen. Like, what would it be? Like, First of all, we don't have trains like that in America. Not yet, anyway. It's not even that believable, then. I mean, kind of, I guess. The trains we have are slow as fuck, and those zombies are going to kill us. It was going to be like the BART station at San Francisco. (laughs) (laughs) The DART in Dallas. (laughs) The fucking LIU. I guess they could try and make it like a subway thing, like in New York, but it's like they need something long, like a long... That's right, because they're going from like city to city. We have like Amtrak and shit, like all over the country, these trains are slow. I mean, it's it's not like Europe, where they go like 400 miles an hour. Amazing if they like uh, trained to Magic Kingdom and it was on the light rail or the monorail <gasps> at Disneyland and it was just like all these fucking kids and trying just going to in a loop constantly yeah <laughs> <laughs> we can't stop with the Magic Kingdom they're quarantining everyone there we have to stop at Animal Kingdom <laughs> <laughs> quick to Epcot let's drink all the drinks around the world <laughs> before we die <laughs> Uh, it's a good movie. Everyone go watch it. I think it's streaming on Netflix currently. Yeah. Right? It's the time of this recording. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So um, it's good. If you don't like subtitled movies, don't worry. There's tons of action. So mm-hmm. it's still enjoyable. Our number fours are also the same, which is Return of the Living Dead from 1985. Directed by Dan O'Bannon. Which we've uh, mentioned several times already. Uh, the Return of the Living Dead is my comfort movie whenever i am bored or sad or i just don't know what to watch 
I always put it on and it makes me happy. You know, I just watched it this week because I had never seen it, you know, but one of us does our homework. So I did it. And well, I didn't need to because <laughs> I've seen it countless times. Yeah, but how many things on this list have you not? Oh, on your list, have I not? Is yeah, the thing. It's fine. I mean, one one person's list is much better than the other, but at least we both agree on this particular one. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Wow. Uh, so, Return of the Living Dead, I just saw it. But yeah, I can see how you can say that. It's such a good, just fun movie the whole way through. It knows its tone. That's right. It, it knows what it was trying to do. It, it knew the, like, the, the look and feel that it wanted to go for, and it just achieved it, hands it really down. Did. And it's just so much fun. And it's intriguing, and it's got some scary moments, and it's just so good. (laughs) It's super, super entertaining, I know. And I I saw this movie when I was very, very young. And um, I saw it before I saw Night of the Living Dead. I think that I saw Return of the Living Dead and Dawn of the Dead sort of around the same time period. And I was about, like, six years old when I watched these movies, Mm -hmm. and I probably shouldn't have. But uh, this movie is so funny, and there's so much, like, punk rock in it. And, and, like, some of the references may have been lost on me, but over the years, you know, I've I've picked them up. And it's just a fun movie from start to finish. And the sequel, I think, is equally as good. Oh, really? Well, it's sort of like one of those Evil Dead sequels where it's almost the exact same movie, just told with, you know, some different actors in it. Yeah, it's just know? like the rating for it was so much lower because I kind of wanted to continue, especially because one of my earliest zombie films that I ever saw was, I think, uh, Return of the Living Dead 3. Is that and with the girl with all the piercings? Yeah, and it had a yeah. lot of body horror in it, mm-hmm. and it kind of freaked me out. Um, well, that movie really took the series in a different direction. It yeah, wasn't quite as looked funny. Like like it. These two movies are straight up horror. It's like they movies. watched The Crow and they wanted to make their own version or something. Very that. That's exactly <laughs> what it is. Yes. I watched the trailer and I was just like, oh, this doesn't look as scary as I thought. But I remember there was like being piercings being like ripped out. Yeah, you know? it's gross. Like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's nowhere stuff. near as fun as this particular movie is. Return of the Living Dead is is a fun, fun movie to watch. Now, what I thought was interesting was that this came out in August of 1985, and Reanimator came out in October of 1985. But there's no talk or mention in anything that I've looked up about how that played with audiences, which one they preferred at the time. The uh, the Rotten Tomato scores are like four percent apart, you know. So it's just kind of well, I there's think no reference to each other or anything. It's just at this point, they're both considered classics, and I think they're classics for different reasons. But they're both movies that deal with very similar topics, and they're both a little funny. Yeah, know? I thought Reanimator was it was trying to be like a dry humor, uh, you know, with horror. But at the same time, it just for me, it didn't quite, you know hit the tone like it was it didn't know what its tone wanted to be it kind of wavered a little bit versus return of living dead knew exactly what it wanted to be and it was just having so much fun being that see and i always thought that you would prefer reanimator over this because you're so lovecraftian in your in your no like i love lovecraftian stuff but like there's no movie out there that you know i'm waiting for that guillermo del toro mountains of madness lovecraftian film that's the one i want i don't want the there's other stuff that we've been getting because I just feel like it's a waste of time. Well, we can't go on talking about Return of the Dead without talking about what Dan O'Bannon did before this. And he was one of the writers, if not the main writer of Alien. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, he's got some good horror cred. Um, but I I love this movie so much. And, I mean, it could it could be higher on the list just because the number of times that I watched it. There are just others that I like a little bit more. Um, and... Moving on to my number three, then, would be Night of the Creeps from 1986, so the year later, directed by Fred Decker. Hmm. Night of the Creeps is this homage to 1950s, like, sci-fi horror, right? Um, There's lots, there's everything in this movie, actually. There's some aliens, there's some nasty slugs, there's a slasher, and there's also lots and lots of zombies. Hmm. And this movie is just so much fun from start to finish. I've never seen it. Uh, it's it's great. Um, this is one of the first horror movies that I really remember seeing ads for on TV when I was a kid and just begging my mom to take me to see it. And she did. And I was like seven years old. <laughs> so, um, But it has everything that I want in a horror movie. There's like urban legend stuff in it, right? And Tom Atkins is in it. And I just love him from you know, Halloween 3, as you recall. He plays the sure. lead guy. I think you need to watch Night of the Creeps because I think that you would enjoy it. I think you would enjoy the homage. Definitely. 
Yeah. Um, I'm going to actually go back to all of our top tens, I think, and just watch all the ones on your list that I have not seen. Well, and I hope you would do the same. same. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I know. Uh, Fred Decker also made a movie in the 80s called The Monster Squad, which I'm sure you've seen, right? It's sort of like another love letter to Universal movies. He's yeah. shaking his head. Yes. Which is not accurate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired of saying... <laughs> Haven't seen it. <laughs> um, I don't. None of the creeps is fun. Uh, essentially, it's about aliens coming to Earth, and they release these little parasite slugs that go into your brain and kill you, and then you come back to life. So it may be on the line of not being part of the rules for this top 10. But you could say it's an infection. But if it's going based off of a singular will. Like, if, if, are they doing things, like, in proxy for the aliens? Let's just say that there's a serial killer who died, like, 30 years before who comes back to life because of these, like, slugs, right? So, I mean, there's, like, a rotting So, is it where it's, like, used as, like a, like, a mass extinction type of event? Is that what they're using it for? I mean, it, it would be eventually, yeah. But there's, like, you know, there's, like, zombie frat boys and, like I said, a skeleton serial killer showing up. And so, I mean, it's just a really, really fun movie. And something that I've watched over and over again since I was a very small child. It's just a huge part of my horror experience in my entire life okay so it had to be higher than return of the living dead i think my number three is wreck from 2007 spanish language film so essentially uh of course you've seen this yeah. and you've probably also seen the the remake quarantine which i also liked um i thought they were pretty interchangeable uh but if i had to choose one i would choose wreck and of course that's also what the critics have chosen but it's essentially this reporter i believe and her cameraman that goes on a ride along with i believe firemen mm-hmm. and so they go to this like building where there's a fire and they go in there and it's essentially a, a zombie outbreak so they have to kind of go floor by floor and hide and you know go up and try and rescue some people and it's just really 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 interesting because they get quarantined and locked in there under threat of being shot because it's like a violent outbreak and so they have to survive in this building and it's all dark and you know it's just really really creepy certain rooms and things that happen and you can't quite see what's going on it's all found footage and usually i'm not a huge fan of found footage but this is a perfect example of how you can do it well Mm -hmm. and i would recommend anyone that's any kind of interested in horror or horror adjacent or zombie or found footage or any of the above to watch this film if you haven't because i think it's uh, i think it's going to be a cult classic if it isn't already yeah, I would say so. I think that it's really appreciated in horror circles. I have I've seen Rack and I like it very much. I've seen Quarantine more. I think just because watching things in English sometimes is more accessible. And you know, yeah. I, I've almost found the opposite sometimes. Like, uh, you know, when you watch a movie and there's subtitles, sometimes it's like you're also reading a book, in a way. So you're kind of filling in things that you're not seeing on the screen while you're reading with your imagination partially. And so it's almost more transportive sometimes, uh, especially with that more authentic other language if, you're not, if you don't understand the language being spoken. In this case, it's Spanish. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people wouldn't have trouble with it in America, at least, or at not. least in the South. And uh, <laughs> no, well, honestly, it's just whatever you do, whether the dubbed or subbed uh, or you watch Quarantine instead, uh, try and start with Rec. Both those movies were so shaky, right, that it made me physically ill to watch it. I saw Quarantine in the theater, and I was, like, like nauseous by the end of mm, it. I can't imagine so, watching it in a theater. I watch it on my big screen at home, uh, you know, but that's also not a theater. And so maybe oh, at a theater I, was, I would want to watch, like, a back row or something. But yeah. I was so sick. I mean, I really enjoyed it, but it was just, like, I felt dizzy and, you know. Well, that has something to say about it. If you yeah. really enjoyed it and you were still kind of, like, barfing into your popcorn cup, you know. So, I mean, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, my number two is uh, Dawn of the Dead from 1978, directed by George Romero. That's my number two as well. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, w- I really wanted it to be number one because I just feel like maybe the social commentary in Dawn of the Dead is just more poignant uh, or more obvious than it is in some other films that might be our number one. But <laughs> it was also kind of my first foray into George Romero as the original Dawn of the Dead. And I feel like it is the superior, obviously we both agree it is the superior Dawn of the Dead film. 
Oh yeah. Uh, and to me, it's my favorite of all of George Romero's zombie films. But from beginning to end, it is interesting. It's I wouldn't say it's tense in every scene, but it it puts you on a roller coaster, right? It puts you onto oh shit, everything's happening. It's kind of like newsreel footage, you know, like it's all handheld and everything. And then you're going into like the mall where they all kind of have to like set up. And of course there's the journey to the mall where they have to like fill up the gas in the helicopter and everything. Mm -hmm. And and you kind of feel an excitement where they're kind of setting up a home essentially in this, in this mall. You can get the feeling that it's kind of a new concept to them. Like, oh, one of those new shopping malls, right? And they'd been around for at least a decade, you know? But they were still kind of new in, in a lot of different areas. And of course, this is 70s, but there was a lot of stuff going on at the time as well. And it kind of works its way in. And the consumer culture was a, was a big part of the social commentary that's part of this. And I think it's an important film, and I think it was incredibly well made. You care about the characters a lot. They kind of start getting kind of cavalier and almost apathetic to their existence there in the mall and the way they they deal with the zombies after that it gets it's kind of funnier and funnier in a way well they do i mean like to me dawn of the dead the original and and the remake is sort of it's d- depressing on a grand scale right yeah. so i mean you get to see a world that's slowly 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 going to shit and what it's like to live in it at least from the mindset of these four particular characters um i like this movie a lot Mostly because, you know, thanks to my parents' fondness for recording things off cable in the 80s, right? I have always, always in my memory had a copy of Dawn of the Dead. And I've watched it so, so many times. And I sort of attribute this movie is to, to, to making me a horror fan. I think that it was probably one of the first actual horror R-rated movies that I saw in my entire life. And every time that I watch it, I see something new in it or I pick up something different in it. And I think it, all of that is attributed to, to George Romero. Yeah, there's a lot to unpack there. And I almost, like, just from the interviews that I've seen with him and some of the writings and everything, a lot of it's just incidental. It's like he is this incidental genius to what he does. And he puts a lot of what's going on in, like, the the public psyche into his filmmaking. I don't know that it's incidental. I think that he really does put these things in there on purpose. I think that he's just humble enough to not take the kind of credit that he should. If you watch him in interviews and things like that, he will always say, like, no, that's not what I intended. But clearly, I mean, he's yeah, I mean, he's a master when it comes to a socio-horror film. Yeah, I'm on the fence there. I, I want to believe him. At the same time, of course, these things are in his head, and he's trying to tell a story for the public, you right. know? Well, and he, he did a good job, too, because every time I watch Dawn of the Dead, I am scared every damn time. Like, it's just... A fantastic movie. Yeah, it's tense. I get disappointed. I'm like, no, don't do that. Like, yeah. right at the the same time every time. It's an insanely rewatchable film. Yeah, I, I love the part where they're they're really kind of trying to be like little homemakers in the mall, and they're like just kids in a candy store, and you yeah. get excited for them. You're like, what would it be like if I were like stuck in a mall and had to live and everything, and you have all of this stuff that you can play with, essentially. And it has that kind of moment in the film where they're kind of enjoying that, and it, and there's a moment of discovery and exploration and everything and is this our life now and, mm-hmm. and everything by else moments of just complete despair and exactly it's just everything in this movie it's uh it's just great there's nothing really quite like it no. and uh i i can't recommend this film enough i when you say that you kind of want to make it number one like to me it just can never be number one and my number one is Night of the Living Dead from 1968, also directed by George A. Romero. Oh, that's not my number one. That's not your number one. I'm joking. Yeah. Of course it's my number one. Please. <laughs> no. <laughs> so it was going to be my number two, but I didn't want you to crawl across this podcasting table and slap the shit out oh of me. Oh my God, and I would have. Night of the Living Dead is my favorite horror movie of all time, and it always will be. Unless somebody makes something that's just so spectacular in the upcoming years, right? Which I don't think is going to happen. I think this movie has everything I possibly need in a horror film. It completely changed my life when I saw it for the first time, and you should go back and listen to our full episode on this movie from last week, and I'll explain a little bit more why. But this movie is just filled to the brim with social commentary, and George Romero created an entire subgenre of horror in just this one outing. 
it's a piece of like renegade rebel cinema that everyone needs to have seen at least once in their life. Sure. And it's, you know, one of the most successful independent films ever made. Yeah. So on that alone, obviously there was, it filled a gap in society that it was wanting. And even first it was critically panned for its amount of gore uh, and realism. Yeah. Uh, but obviously it's gained a following and it's been added to like the national film registry for, you know, preservation. And let's just say that without Night of the Living Dead, the other nine movies on our list wouldn't exist. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that everything from The Walking Dead to all these movies that we've talked about already are traceable back to this one. And it really is just the gold example of what a zombie movie is and could be and should be. Agreed. Uh, with that being said, though, I do like zombie movies, <laughs> even though I've said like three times now that I haven't seen a couple from your list. But I have a couple of runners up that I just want to mention briefly, if I can do that. Oh, we're out of time, guys. I Thank you so much for... <laughs> Uh, I didn't want to put any more remakes on my list, but I am very fond of the remake of Night of the Living Dead from 1990, directed by Tom, Tom Savini. Savini. Yeah. yeah. Um, because he sort of changes the character of Barbara into this real badass, right? So it's a totally <laughs> different movie. Um, and I also kind of like it when children are zombies. And so, have you seen the movie Cooties with Elijah Wood? <gasps> oh, I've seen trailers. Yeah. It's really fucking hilarious. Like, okay. I just, I mean, I like to watch that movie. I've seen it a couple times. It makes me laugh every single time that I watch it. Because uh, Lee Wannell, right, the director of Upgrade, is in it. And he's just so funny as an actor in that yeah, movie. He was it's, the directing, producing duo of Saw. I that's mean, right. Yeah. So, so yeah. it's a good one. If you haven't seen it, go watch Cooties. If you have any recommendations for us, let us know. There's a lot that we didn't include here that are actually really highly rated. Uh, Cemetery Man, The Beyond, The Serpent and Rainbow, Zombie 2. Of course, you've mentioned Zombie 2. I'm sorry. Uh, Undead. Um, gosh, there's so many. Well, I've seen most of those. Planet Terror. Oh, my God. Planet Terror. Hell yes. Yeah. So there's there's a lot out there, and there's a lot more that I didn't even mention. So let us know what your favorite zombie movie is. That's right. How do you feel about our placement of some of these movies on this list? Do you agree or disagree? Please tell us, and you can do so on social media at The Film Flamers on Twitter or Facebook. Or you can email us at tiredqueens at filmflamers.com. That's right. And you can also go visit us on Patreon at patreon.com slash thefilmflamers, where you can find hours and hours of bonus content, including some that's coming out this month. Well, I'm feeling a little zombie-ish myself, so I think I'm going to go pour myself another drink and... <laughs> a brain. What? Yeah. Oh. Eat a brain. <laughs> uh, guys, until next month for our next top ten... Sweet dreams. Sweet dreams. Is that is that your zombie? Is that what that That's was supposed my to be? Zombie impression. That's right. Oh, okay. Sweet brains. Brains. <laughs> <laughs>